there, people of the interwebs. It's me, Brandon Noel. And this episode's uh, book is Sierra by Clive Kesser. Um, hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. Kesser, Kessler. Um, but really fun adventure book. Really, I know it was turned into a movie. Um, the book was really solid and really impressive. Um, but before we dive into uh, this um, episode's book, uh, I want to talk to you about Collectors. It is a Kickstarter by my buddy Eddie. He is a cartoonist, um, and Collectors is on Kickstarter right now, running until the 11th of next month. Uh, and it's a fun, you know, comic book, comic strip collection. Uh, the way I would describe Collectors is it's like The Big Bang, if The Big Bang was funny. Um, and what I mean by that is they get all the nerd stuff right. They get the geek history right. They get the geek, you know, characters right. It's not just geek dressing. Um, and uh, Eddie, my cartoonist buddy, is really good at what he does. It's a fun volume. Um, I can honestly say I put my money where my mouth is and I'm backing this project. Um, I hope you guys go over there, give him a little love, tell him the book he sent you. Um, again, really, really fun collection. Uh, over at kickstarter.com, uh, you can type in, um, the, was it, you type in, uh, collectors. It's specifically collectors annual, annual one through six. Collector, collectors splendor, new annual. Um, again, real fun. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy it. Um, before we dive into the rest of the episode, if you love the content that we provide, if you're a voracious reader, uh, please think about going to patreon.com slash destiny comics where you can get this episode early um as well as uh exclusive uh hand-painted bookmarks um there's all kinds of fun exclusive content over at patreon.com slash destiny comics um again if you like what we do here please think about supporting us we have you know the podcast will always be free um you know we have uh, a tier that's just a dollar and that gets you access to pretty much everything early. That gets you access to the, um, you know, this show early. And I uh, just want to say thank you. So, without further ado, or gilding the lily, um, I don't know if you can hear that, but a motorcycle just sped by. Um, he's racing. That that gentleman is racing to Destiny uh, Patreon.com slash Destiny Comics. That's what he's doing. He's going to get his Patreon on. Um, so without further ado, uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation about Sierra by Clive Kessler. Kessler. Did anyone else notice the misprint in the book? Mm-hmm. Chapter, at the beginning of 64, not some chapters, they have the dates, like June, whatever. Well, this whole time, they've been saying 1996, but at the top of... Chapter 64, it says 
Well, they went back in time. <laughs> well, see, what chapter is that? Even though it's concurrent with what's going on. What chapter? 64. Chapter 64. Yeah, the second to the last chapter. They Let's say see. June 20th, 1966, even though it takes place June. after you know, everything. Chapter 64? Yeah. I don't yeah, know if it's an every book, but it's a mine. This size of a read out of it. Everything else takes place in 1990. Can you give me my copy? Make my copy. Yeah, June 20th, 1996. Oh, oh so it must have been your copy. Oh, shoot, shoot. Bang. Yeah. Uh oh. What, 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 what does your say, Bonnie? Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, no, in that what bowl? Did chapter 64? Yeah. I take it you did. Finish it? I did that bowl. Oh, that one of the ceramic paint oh, ceramic I tried to. Oh, that's good. I have a misprinted book. 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 My cover sucks. I've got garlic between each of the <laughs> mm-hmm. garlic oh, between yeah. each of Although now my cover is starting to come a little undone. All that came in was a little loose. Your cover's a lot better. I like that car. Epic, isn't it? There it is. Yeah, yours sucks too. She has the best cover. Okay. We are the bookies. Hi. Hi. I am Brandon. Wayne Abraham. Louis Lopez. David McFarland. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard. Melly Noel. And uh, today we are talking about Clive Kessler's Sahara. Sahara. A, uh, a jerk pit, pit novel. novel. That's right. Um, oh, we almost had that in unison. I know. Awesome. I, I'm, I didn't finish the book. Um, Neither did Justin. Neither um, There wasn't an audio version available. Well, there was. German or Russian? No, yeah. I bought a Spanish version. Oh, you bought a Spanish version? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it not realizing it was a Spanish version. Hit play on my... Uh, <laughs> oh, you bought it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, hola! Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, maybe the first... Go with that, Hold on, that's the way it According to Google, there is an audio version coming, but... Yeah, but it doesn't exist right now. It doesn't exist right now. I just think it was funny that they should have put it out in English before a foreign language. <laughs> you would think. Well, most you think whatever whatever the book was printed in, you think right. written. Well, yeah. most books that have a movie adaptation usually get like an audio, yeah. a, a remaster audio version like around the release of the movie. So I was really surprised there wasn't one well, out there. considering that the movie's a little old. <laughs> Isn't it sad that 2005 is a little old now? Right? Oh, that makes me feel old. Because yeah. <laughs> so, the book takes place in the 90s, so it's super old now. Oh, yeah. <sighs> 1996. Yeah. Uh, so, um, real quick though, I do have to leave early today to go to work, All right. so I will be bouncing out in a little bit. Okay. But Bonnie, why don't you get us started? Um, All right. So, if you've seen the movie, okay, um, this will be the third book <laughs> that I have suggested without reading it, based Thanks, on Bonnie. the movie. <laughs> The first one was, don't point that thing at me, the movie was Mordecai, the movie was hilarious, the book was okay. I love the book. <laughs> the I'm obsessed okay. with the it book. It was okay. Like, I mean, it was hit or miss. You either liked it or you didn't, or somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I liked the movie more. I was disappointed. I still enjoyed the book, but then the Maze Runner happened. And uh, happened to all of us. The Maze Runner movie is so much better than the book. And that's how we focus our badness on a book. Yes, yeah, the, the bottom most level is the Maze Runner. If the book is 
okay, it, but it's not as bad as Maze Runner, well then okay, it's all right. Um, if you've re- listened to any of our other podcasts. So this was my, my final Maze chance. <laughs> right? How, how, how is its Maze Runneriness? That's what you should do. It's just like, how bad was it on a scale of one Maze Runner to five Maze Runners? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Ten to Maze Runner. On a scale of Maze Runner to anything that's good. Um, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Sahara, I had seen the movie, Matthew McConaughey, Penelope Cruz, William H. Macy, gotta love the cast, right? I forget who else was in it, those are the three names that popped in my head. But anyway, um, so I suggested the book, not realizing how long it was, I'm sorry everyone, this was longer than normal, but it's longer than some of the books, it's not any longer than the Harry Potter books though, so you know. Time-wise, we ended up with two months to read it. Yeah, well we did, but our our listeners won't, but... um, (laughs) So anyway, so Sahara follows, you've got your Dirk Pitt, it is a Dirk Pitt novel, I've never read any of the Dirk Pitt novels, this is not the first one, sorry guys, it's just the one that was based on the movie I liked, so that's why I picked it. However, I did at least look up Clive Hustler before I suggested the book, knowing that he has quite a following, and he has written a number, I believe this was a number, book number 11. Very well, yeah, my, fa- my father, uh, when he was alive, he enjoyed Clive Hustler. Yeah, yeah, one of my friends, she, uh, she was asking me, oh, what book are you reading this month? And I told her, and she's like, oh, my dad has all of those. He and my mom love those books. So that was reassuring. Yeah. Um, I, Anyway, so it, it follows your main character, Dirk Pitt. Shocker. Um, he's part of a NUMA team. Um, in the movie, he's on a wild goose chase trying to find gold. In the book, that's not the case. In the book, he's trying to find the source of a red tide. Yeah, but before that, though, he was looking for ships. But he found that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but he the main the main thing that kind of happens early on in the book, and he does save. Dr. Rojas. Um, of course, but he got voluntold to go do He got This is a term we learned at my husband's work yeah. because um, they're a non-profit and it's just one of those things where oh, this just got added to your list. You just got voluntold. <laughs> you see, you, you got volunteered. No, you got voluntold oh, God, that you're going to do it. I'm surprised. My lexicon. So, <laughs> never heard us say it. We told a bunch of us to use it now. So, yeah. Yeah, so basically he got voluntold that he was going to go on this, you know. I mean, you know. Anyway, so he's part of NUMA. You've got a separate team with Dr. Rojas, who he saves early on from being assassinated by mean guys. Um, she's she's part of the World Health Organization scientific team trying to find... Who? Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Trying trying to find <laughs> I'm bad. I'm trying to find the source of a, a plague that they can't quite figure out what's going on. And of course it ends up being the source of both things are the same thing and they've gotta fight and save the world. And that's your really bare bones version of it, which is actually true for both the movie and the book. But you also have to go with the historical tie ins in here. He has uh, the old uh, Confederate. Confederate ship, the Texas, and he also has Kitty Maddox's uh, flight where she disappears over the Sahara tied in with the book um, where it starts out with the, you actually start out with the crew of the Texas, so the first, you know, kind of before you get into the story, there's like two prologues, and one is with them and they disappear into the night, never to be seen again, um, and then you have Kitty Maddox crashing in the Sahara and trying to survive and, and she isn't found. Um, and those both tie in um, to the story. Now, 
just, like I said, since I picked it because of the movie, the opening scene of the movie is the same as this. It's, it's the Texas getting out. Um, and so you know that the ironclad is part of the whole story from the beginning. It never gives you any blip about Kitty Maddox, but they do find her plane and they do they don't really mention her. You kind of maybe see her name in the background. It's been a while since I watched the movie. You might see her name on the logbook or something. Yeah, they, never, they never mention her, but they do find an old plane yeah, from that right time that period part. and turning it into yeah, a, a sand yacht kind of thing and, and, and going across the desert on it. So that, they did tie into the movie. It just it wasn't as big a part, you know, as it was in the book. So, um, yeah, I, I was happy. I liked it. It is not... The level of Maze Runner, thank goodness, because you guys would never let me suggest another book again. But in a loving way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I hadn't read. Right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more to this book than there is to the movie. So if you've seen the movie Sahara and you liked it, um, you'll still like the movie, but there's so much I can see why they edited it. Some of it I was like, why did they take that out? This is better. But then other things I was like... I'd have to say I like oh, the that's movie interesting. better than the book. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I enjoy the movie. I, I the, Reading the book did not ruin the movie for me. Mm-hmm. I still like the movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel that there was a lot of things that kept the spirit of the book. So, you know. It's been way too long since I've seen the movie. So I, right, I can't right. say... Well, I remember, right. I remember most of the movie. And I just... There's a couple things I'll so, discuss. There were, I mean, there were some funny things. Like, there's some one-liners. Like, I thought, okay, this is totally, like, aside, but it was hilarious. So you've got, it's towards the end, and and the guys have, everybody, your heroes have won the day at this point. Spoiler alert. The good guy wins. Good guy gets the girls. That's how this works, right? Anyway, <laughs> he's like the James Bond of Numa, okay? <laughs> but anyway, um, you've got a team from Australia that have, with his information about where they found her plane and everything, they've come to take Kitty Maddox's body and plane and everything back to Australia and you know, all that. So you've got a team from Australia, you've got a guy that they've brought out who's their big researcher helper guy, and they're in the middle of Sahara and the the Aussies have a beer and he's like, oh, you got beer? He's like, I really like like, what is it, Cass? I took a picture of the page, I don't know what page was. Um, yeah, they offered him yeah. Fosters. I thought that was like, so Castlemaine. He's like, oh, well, we don't have Castlemaine, but we have Fosters. Yeah. And okay, yes, here in America, <laughs> we see all those commercials. <laughs> Fosters is Australian for beer. But if it's you really ask the true though. Australian, they hate Fosters. They think it's piss water. Nobody in Australia actually drinks Fosters. Fosters is actually brewed in Canada. Yeah, yeah. so like, it was really funny because I think that that information that we have now wasn't out yet. I think... He picked Fosters because probably in the 90s was about the time, if I remember mm-hmm. back when I was younger, that the, all the Fosters Australia for beer commercials came out. Yeah. So I think it's hilarious because of any good Australian worth his weight in gold would not be offering you a Fosters no. anywhere. <laughs> unless that was the only beer available. I had period. a Fosters like, still like two years ago. It was like two fifty for the big can. It was not very good. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm like... No, but anyway. I'm a stone guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Like, it's not like my favorite part or anything. It's just one of those things that I was like, what? No, that's not right. Before authors have Google. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> just looked up in an encyclopedia. He saw the commercial and was like, oh, oh, oh Fosters. Fosters. Sure, I've seen that commercial. Fosters. What is Fosters? Okay. Yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah, no. 
So that was that was just a humorous thing. There were a few good one-liners, like mm-hmm. um, there were some things that having seen the movie, I was expecting, you know, just sores and people dying. I wasn't expecting this disease to make you go crazy and become a cannibal, basically. Yeah. Like people go insane and start cannibalizing and eating. It's really like intense. There's a really intense scene early on in the book when these tourists come into one of the towns that's, that's been really affected, and um, the tour guide's the only one who survives yeah. and lives to tell the tale. And it's really intense, and I wasn't expecting that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, I just wasn't expecting it. So I was like, whoa, that's wow, okay, okay, I see why they toned that down to make the movie whatever, you know, it wasn't a rated R thing. I can see why they toned it down, you know, they went. <laughs> An audience that maybe not might not be into cannibalism. Okay, okay, I can see that. Um, that was an interesting part to me. Not not what? that scene in particular, but when um, Eva is talking about how they were able to do that in terms of like how they could bring themselves to do that. You know, right? Well, yeah, yeah because here here in in our country, meat, meat's always already packed up and stuff. Yeah. But when you have, they, they were saying that that in countries where they're used to seeing the full dead carcass and they're used to seeing it you know, chopped up and stuff, it's less of a jump for a crazed mind to go there. They just register it as meat and not as a person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where for us that would be a bigger jump even with the crazy uh, craziness in, in, in there. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was that was interesting. It was a good point. It was really interesting. Um, most of it takes place in Mali and in Mali you've got a puppet president and the real power behind the throne is this bloodthirsty, money-hungry, horrible General Kazim. I know it's probably, you know, yeah. no one else did this, but the whole time I was picturing Kazim, and I know it sounds bad, but I kept thinking Jafar from Aladdin because that's how I envisioned him. <laughs> I, I know that sounds really weird, but like, just some of the things he said, I said, this is very cartoonish, like some of the things he was saying. Yeah, yeah. They, so actually, they actually said a couple times that when people first met him that he... What reminded them of like a a, a a cartoon character? So you know, for some like reason, a, when they said cartoon, yeah. I'm like the most evil because he dressed like dressed so outlandish, like, dressed so just like just like you you know your your stereotyping cartoon, yeah, and your so stereotypical political cartoon figure. That's what he looked and like. so Jafar in my mind was the most outlandish dressed <laughs> guy I could think of. I'm that's like, not what I pictured. And I, I tried so hard to push that out of my mind because I'm like, okay, that's really stupid, you know, whatever. That's okay. Like a cobra stab, right? I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Like even I was like, this, why? Did that come, like there's so many other right. great cartoony characters coming that's in picture, yeah. And then the next thing I, I imagine was like a uh, a Fleischer cartoon of a, a pompous general with all these badges going off the right. thing, and you know. So I bounced off between the two images, you know, between a Fleischer right, image. Right. So you have him as the main bad guy, along with a millionaire, billionaire. I have big money, lots of uh, Eves Massard, Eves Massard, French guy. Uh, total bad news, and thankfully both of them get it in the end. I like the movie version better than the book version. Of how Eve's got it in the end, where it was no, like about no, a, a, just a the gen- whole general attitude. In the book, he seems like a little pansy. Okay, it's fair enough. <laughs> right? Fair enough. So um, I, I liked it. I liked the characters. I liked some of the characters had a little more personality to them in the book, like um, like Rudy or. Um, even Al had a little bit more personality, I feel, than mm-hmm. although I like the actor who played him in the movie. I don't, you know, they just stuff. Uh, 
He's the guy who voiced Runt in Chicken Little, but I can't think of the actor's name. Oh, oh uh, that, that, Melina. I don't know. No, 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 <laughs> oh. no. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he I can't it. think of All I can think of is that those are like the two movies I, I know him from. I mean, I, I, I looked oh, up oh, and Googled him, um, but I didn't really recognize he's him. He's in You've Got Mail. He's the guy who works in the office with yes, her yes, store. That okay, yeah, that actor. Now you can picture his face. Yeah, I just picture his face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that really sums everything up for me. It works for Maylene. It's a chick like we like. You've got me. You don't have to. I wish they would delete it. Okay, it, it's... it's it's a remake of around the shop around the corner. I know it is, and I watched Shop Around the Corner. That's a good, good too. I love that too. Uh, but uh, I, I gotta love you, Got Mail, because I love the Tom Hanks and um, Meg Ryan Meg Ryan combo. I, I I'm do. a bigger Jimmy Stewart fan. So. That's fine. That's fine. Anyway, um, I liked it. I won't pull out favorites right now because I think everybody else should have that chance since I suggested it. So, honey, yeah. your turn. Well, I think my one of my main favorites about this book was. The, that it friend, the, maze runner. the friendship between the two main guys, um, yeah, Al and Al and Dirk. Uh, I thought, like, I just love their snarky sarcasm, like how they're like, just some of the things they would say to each other. You know, that to, like they're in these life and death situations, and they're mm-hmm. just going back and forth, being snarky and saying things that you're like, okay, this is not the time to be making Kazim mad. <laughs> you are so... <laughs> if I was a killer, I'd kill you next. <laughs> exactly, right? It's my defense mechanism. Like, it just, everything about their friendship, and I love how even at the end, after Al has take off and brings back the train with the reinforcements, yeah. he's like, I pretty much thought you were going to be dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> that kind of thing. Even then, he's like... That was um, way more intense than in the movie, too. Yeah, so I just like them, and I like how, you know, when they were traveling the desert and close to death, they were pretty much alike, still trying to, you know, save face, even though you could tell they were both extremely heat-exhausted. and I'm about sorry, how, how would have died out there? He probably would have, in real life. He but also in real life, I don't think that there would have been a plane conveniently there lost for. It was just. Ju- it was just. It was set up early in the story. I know, I so know. that you know it's going to happen. Yeah, but it was, I, I'm it was luck that they found it. It was yeah. been there yeah. since the 1930s, and yeah. yeah, it's luck. But that doesn't mean you can't use your ingenuity and and yeah. and what luck you come across and do yeah. something. You because know, because they they in my opinion they could have easily have just avoided that whole thing and they could have ran into the ship instead. Hmm. Mm. So why why Clive even put that plane in there in the first place was I have no clue. It was just probably like, because that was one of the mysteries around the Sahara area. He wanted was, to, was that real? Like the thing? Yes, the, mm-hmm. the plane well, and she's the fictional. Man. She's fictional. Mm-hmm. Kitty Maddox. She's not for real. Because I, I, I that was made up. That was made up for the book. Oh, okay. Kitty Maddox was because I I looked it up. Because okay. I'm going, I don't remember her. I remember, I remember uh, the yeah, Earnhardt. Yeah. I assumed it was like a plot device made yeah. up by the author, but well, I wasn't sure because I'm like, but the Texas existed. I don't think so. Nope. I think the Texas. I mean, most of the ironclads well, okay, were probably but, destroyed but by the Civil Abe Lincoln War. was real, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. One. <laughs> I think he was made up for the story. Uh, I don't see, think the, I just that. don't see the, the the ironclad being able to go all the way across the Atlantic. No way. That thing would have sunk. Mm. Yeah. Let me see. But anyway, it was interesting. It was fun. You know, I like the, the French. I think mean, very realistic. I liked the book friendship. Was very unrealistic. <laughs> also, I did 
and like there are a couple of scenes I enjoyed, but like I I did like the way Massard got it. I know these guys said the movie was better, but I like I said I don't remember the movie, so mm-hmm. I can't say. I don't remember how how did he die in the movie? Mm-hmm. Go ahead with the book. Yeah, I'll say. Um, but I thought that was hilarious how. Because when he left off, I'm like, okay, so when Jerk let him leave, I'm like, okay, something's up his sleeve. Like, he wouldn't just mm-hmm. let him go, you know? Only a real idiot would let him go, you know? And it's like, oh, he drank three quarts of this, you know, infected water. He'll be good. You know, within a week, he'll be dead. <laughs> and I, I, one thing that I kind of liked that. It was you don't kind of really the same way in the movie. They just uh, didn't torture him first. I'll say the thing that I liked. That happened in the book that you don't really see a lot in these action adventure type of things is the fact that Cassim was basically killed by accident, like not by accident, but you know the guy shooting at him didn't realize who he was. Right, he was just shooting at people in the car. And I love the fact that he wasn't shooting them because oh, that's one of the main bad guys. I got to kill him. You know, it was like. (laughs) Hey, is this the guy we're looking for? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, bad guys are trying to get away. Let's yeah, get I, I don't know why, but I found that so mm-hmm. funny that he wasn't trying to kill Cassim. He was just like, yeah, you know, bad guys get away, kind of thing. It's like, and then later, like two main guys. And it wasn't even one of the main guys either. It was like someone else who, you know, no, they came and they asked Jerk. Yeah, they asked to identify Dirk. him. Yeah, can you identify him? Because we're not sure that's we him. So I, I don't know why, but something about that just seemed really funny to me, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think for me it was a lot to do with the characters as to why, you know, my favorite parts of the book were the characters. And just kind of the absurd ridiculousness of some of the scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that would never happen, but that's kind of hilarious of that. It's so right. ridiculous and out there that it's kind of funny, you know. Yeah, so, it was some funny. I mean, not that you expect, you know a lot of realistic <laughs> things to happen in a mm-hmm. fictional, you know, book, but, you know, I love the fact that he ended up with the car at the end, so. Oh, I did too. He does, he ends up with the car at the end in the movie, too. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was his treasure. Mm-hmm. That was his nice. treasure he brought back. <laughs> I was like, what? No, but I'll get to it. Okay, everyone. But, um, you wonder, in the, in the movie, mm-hmm. um, Eve's, uh, actually gets away. Oh, he does he? But one of the Secret Surface agents because they've tracked him down to whatever country he's in and they can't extradite him. So a Secret Service agent poses at a waiter, goes into the restaurant he's at, and pours him, nice. substitutes the water, so he's drinking the bad water. Nice. So he still gets it. Oh. That's how it is in the end. But it, I, it was a little... It was more intense in the book. I yeah. like that. But you well, know what? Stick him out in the sun for a while to make sure he's really thirsty and doesn't <laughs> yeah. question anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my only question is, wouldn't like the polluted water be kind of like dirty looking how did, not how did necessarily get, how well, did he get it so clean and into a bottle where he would actually not notice some pollutants are invisible they yeah. yeah. dissolve completely <coughs> I mean I can I can understand that but like in a country of the Africa around the Mali area I think that the water would just be dirty well, looking the contaminants you, were it was contaminating the groundwater yeah. so there's a certain amount of filtration that takes place so it's mm-hmm. it's not and like they got the samples. in the river yeah and I didn't have a problem with that because, you know, if you've got people who are going to work in a country, often they've got their own filters. So they could have easily put that yeah, through. Yeah, they put it through a Brita. No, no, no. <laughs> they have individual 
I have one like actually. A filter it's like that, yeah, but you have a filter, certain yeah. filter that you can go take with you camping and stuff, so you can. Yeah. Swap so that's why they let them out there for two hours, so they can wait for it to go through the Brita filter. <laughs> <Okay>, so <laughs> <laughs> go through ten of them is the thing smoking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's us. I'm gonna end yeah. there. So. I liked um, that Dr. Rojas, while she started out a bit as a damsel in distress didn't act like a damsel in distress. Thank right. you for saving me. I couldn't save myself in that moment, but she wasn't afraid to keep going and keep looking. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> oh, God, no, he's still not my type. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, so, Wayne? What were some things that you liked about the book? Um, several things. I, I like the opening sequence where they were looking for the lost Pharaoh's barge. Yeah, I did too. That, that was, was that was that was a a fun uh, scene or yeah, portion. No, that was a scene that really made me laugh too. <laughs> because yeah. I, when I was when I because I was picturing that because um, I was trying to calculate because they didn't they were calculating in meters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm going, how much is that much silt in meters, and trying to convert it over to feet, and I'm going, oh my god. It's like 30, 40 feet of silt oh. in, in, in the bottom of the that, river. That's a lot longer of a distance than I thought it would be because yeah. I don't know meters offhand. <laughs> and I'm going, how? And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell do they get that crap out of there? Because as soon as you even disturb that stuff, you can't see squat anymore. Mm. So now I know how long expeditions take, underwater expeditions, because you have to wait mm-hmm. for, for stuff to settle. Because you can't see anything afterwards. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And they're taking up 30, 40 feet worth? Yeah, but you, the, the same equipment that they're locating it under, oh, it's the, all the, the silt and stuff, yeah. you can use if it's cloudy and still stay yeah. focused on your target. Yeah, to, to locate it, yeah, but when the, the workers are actually doing the work, it's right. like, wow, what a pain. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, man, how much treasure and how much would that be worth? And why are they just leaving it there? It's not theirs. They, they, <laughs> they, they were hired to find it by the Egyptian government. Yeah, but they said it would take them like two years or something to come out and actually start Get digging it, it up. Yeah. I'm like, what? You got some pharaoh's treasure here that's probably worth tens of millions of dollars, and you're just going to leave it in the sand? It's been there all these all this time, and nobody's bothered it. It's right? not going to be like a two-person. Nobody else knows we found it except the guys that found it. In the opening scene with the guys, they're like, weren't they raising up a statue or something like that in the in the movie? As a, so, like they actually were pulling something up from the ocean mm. or the river, like in the movie. So. But I liked this scene better than with the finding the pharaoh and stuff. I thought that was yeah. more interesting than just oh look. They, but it, came, it, it was a quick way to explain what they do in a, a setting where you're limited by time. So yeah, I yeah. can understand. The, yeah. the yeah. other thing that I enjoyed from the book was their encounter with the prospector oh. and his bird. Oh, oh gosh. That ah. was awesome that Clive made his own appearance in his own book. He did a cameo. He in did his a own cameo book. in his own book. He does that in all of his Well, books. I was wondering, because here's the thing. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> here's the thing. Al said, you, you look familiar. Can I ask you your real name? So I'm like, 
maybe they've seen him before. Maybe not in every book because he's written quite a few. But now I'm like, have they seen him? before? It would be hilarious if he was in every book, even oh as a small. And they just, just like Stan Lee, yeah. all of his movies. <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, you can like trace a timeline of Stanley's right. characters. Right. Same thing with Clive's cameo character. One book, he's just a patron in a you know pub or something. You know. Yeah. Hey guys, slow down. Where are you going? But <laughs> I was kind of disappointed at the end when they recovered the Texas and they didn't go out and find Clive. <laughs> right, to tell him. <laughs> like, like, hey, yeah, we found it, here we it found is. It, yeah. <laughs> There's no treasure in it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing that's a big difference between the book and the movie. In the, yeah, movie, the, the movie, there was treasure. There was treasure in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were using the cannons to fight off the army. Instead of the rigged up yeah. throwing oil Trying drums and stuff. Well, treasure yeah. is a very good thing to have, like, Visually, in terms yes. of like in a movie, in a movie, right? in a movie your audience is in a movie jewels. your audience is going to be severely disappointed if you don't find the gold yeah. you're looking for, and they made it a bigger yeah. part of the movie too. That that there were only like supposed to be five Confederate gold dollars in existence minted ever, and he had like one of them, and ah. they come across another one, and, yeah. and then to come to find out that there may have been more, you know, and this whole shit full of them, and, hmm. you know, so that was interesting. But it was totally but realistic in the book, though, that it wouldn't be there. Before. Exactly, that yeah. was more realistic than, yeah. but I get, you know, you've got an audience where they made it a, a big Well, they want to see thing. treasure, but they don't realize treasure. that the treasure is actually finding the ship itself. Exactly, yeah. historical, that, that historical treasure. Value because they brought it, ship is they brought it back, they, you know, they didn't, didn't they bring it back and Eventually, yeah, yeah, eventually they, they brought it back. They put it in. Where did they put it in the? In the, in the they book. put it in the in big plaza, DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then I don't even know how much um, Pitt's car is worth. A lot. That was his treasure. That, that was probably that car's at least easily yeah. worth. Yeah, because he just he kept that, right? <laughs> no, he, they he or, had or, recovered or, out of the sand. Yeah, I know it's yeah. not the same yeah. style car, but you know. In my mind, it's kind of like uh, Crawley's car. Right. Right. That one's a little bit different. I know it's different, but in my mind, you know, it's it's a car that he's had all this time. This is it on the back cover. And you actually had this. Wait, that's the actual car? This is the actual car. Oh, okay. That's a I, don't, I don't even know how much those are worth, car. but I'd have to say that if Clive Cussler owns one, it's not cheap. <laughs> Probably not. Right? It's very rare. Yeah, you think? I think any any replacement parts would have to be handmade. Yeah. <laughs> Machined yeah, as a yeah. machine part because they don't work anymore. <laughs> so to me, that's the yeah. treasure, and I was happy about that in the book. And I'm going, man, they're better not be on which a ship full of treasure that would be it's been over a hundred years that would be gone by now right? it probably gets like 12 miles to the gallon <laughs> or less <laughs> but it's a beautiful car it is yeah, it's a beautiful miles car for the gallon it's awesome I certainly wouldn't drive it across the Sahara true, true yeah. yeah I wouldn't drive it across the Sahara either <laughs> no it those tires would have popped and that yeah. thing would have overheated <laughs> it was awesome though but he obviously, I mean, you've got a picture of him with the vehicle, but, you know, he described it very well in the book, so made you know. Oh, he was looking at it while he was Right? Walking. He's like, <laughs> no, the purr of the engine and everything, yeah. That's his, that's his Dirk Pitt money right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what better way to a monster pit than having that part, right? <laughs> uh, there were a bunch of things that I liked about this book. A lot of little moments here and there really made me laugh. Um, a few of them happened during um, Ava and Dirk's interactions in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, 
one thing that really, since I kind of work in the medical field now, when when Ava's describing what she does to Dirk in terms of like why she would be attacked and assassinated, and like I'm not important, I'm just a biochemist. Like, come on, right? <laughs> That's not an important career. Okay, sure. Okay, sure, just whatever. Calm down. Like, you just find any biochemist on any beach. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, right. any any random. You know, African beach is just full of biochemists. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. that's where they summer. <laughs> Didn't you know? Right? I thought that was common knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I expected to not like Dirk, Dirk nearly as much as I did. I kind of thought that he was like going to be an adventurous type that was sort of like full of himself and hard to relate to. But he had like a nice bromance with Al. It was really cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You kind of remind me of Indiana Jones a little bit. I was getting that impression, yeah. So, yeah. an Indiana Jones, James Bond mix kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree there. Yes, th- there were there were a bunch of little moments that really made me laugh, and then a bunch of moments that really made you think like this might actually be something. Like, obviously, the the plot is is fantastical, but like like we mentioned when Ava's talking about how people could bring themselves to be cannibals, right? You know, based on their weakened mental statuses and their previous aspects of life, like, that's not something yeah. you, you consider. It's basically but like... But obviously he thought about it. Yeah, it's, it's sort <laughs> of like, it's like zombification without being dead. Right. So, like, how could a living person eat another person? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's like stairs. You go down one stair at a time. Eventually you get to the point where you're eating someone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting way to put it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the top, civilization. At the bottom, cannibalism. Cannibalism. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Baby step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More like baby step, baby step. Oh, trip and fall to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we got cannibalism. Yeah. Shoelaces. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a very fun book. Very, very fun. Very. Um, there was a, some tongue-in-cheek stuff. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. But it, was, it, it wasn't heavy on the witticisms, but it. it Offered a lot of laughs for for what the characters would say back and forth. Right. You know, it was it was nice. I liked it. Cool. And you saying it had a decent amount of laughs per pages? No. Well, <laughs> there were a lot of pages. Decent. Yeah. There were a lot of pages. There it was lengthy. Pages. I apologize. My my ebook might not be accurate, but it says 555 pages. Uh, yeah. Mine mine was 551. So oh, pretty darn close. Pretty darn close. Being that it's hardback and slightly larger, was only at 541. Oh, oh. fancy. Yeah. yeah. I want to say this is the longest book we've read. I think it almost was longer. Mine was, was 560. It? it didn't feel. It was as long. close. It didn't feel as long <laughs> yeah. because it was. Like, funnier. this book didn't drag or anything, but no, the humor it drag, really but makes it fly Humor by. makes things go faster. Yeah. And there were humorous moments, but there was a lot of serious moments. And even the serious yeah. moments in Good Omen were done humorously. Yeah. Like, and, like, by the way, the has anyone here but, managed you know. to watch it on Prime yet? <laughs> no, yes. not yet. What's yes. funny is I recently watched a movie at a client's house. Yeah. And there was a character, I'm like, why does he look familiar? Why? Are, oh my gosh, it's a buggy. It was the same guy who played Azar- ZFL. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why. It's slightly different, but, you know, yeah. base was generally... Same actor. Yes. I'm going to have to watch it. I've heard only good things, which is I impressive these days. It yeah. was very well done. Okay, sorry. Back to the book. <laughs> pretty much pretty much good. Um, cool. What about you? Um, I like, like what Wayne said. I liked... Uh, 
Clyde Custler's uh, cameo <laughs> in there. I laughed. I laughed at that one. Um, I also like the car. I was, I was trying to figure out how he was saying it until uh, Eves Massard was saying. I was saying Avian's voice in. Yeah, yeah but I'm pretty sure that is very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that car is different than that car. Is it? Maybe he yeah. has two. <laughs> that one's different. That is different. Maybe he does have two. Maybe he's got, got a different, different grill and everything. Yeah. On, yeah, on the back of my Maybe car. Maybe that was third one and that one's third two. Right. Maybe that's his, the sister car. <laughs> Maybe his car is dirt. I had a character that made me a lot of money, I would name things that it offered me to buy as well. I'm thinking that Mr. Cussler um, made pit around his own adventures that he did. Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And because on the back cover on this one it says he's searching for legendary gold mines, expeditions for famous shipwrecks. I mean, he's Lewis Lamore did that with a lot of his books. Yeah. So why not? Because he's he's found more than sixty lost ships of historic historical wow. significance. So Wait, I'm thinking the, the character or the author? No, the author. The author. The author. What? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Right? Hustler has discovered more than 60 uh, lost Bond, ships right? of historical significance. Dude. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Let me see book on him. I enjoyed the book, but I, I have more negative than I do positive. But I, I enjoyed um, the book. It was a good, easy read, but I just find I just found it a little bit far fetched. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I would I would say that I like the movie better. Yeah, mm, fair enough. Yeah, I mean I'm, I'm sure there's going to be someone who doesn't really like it. I mean right? personally, I, but you liked it more than Maze Runner. Oh yeah, definitely. This is all that matters to me. Thank you. <laughs> I, I give it like forty percent book, sixty percent movie. Mm. There you go. I'm good with that. Um, That's fine. I just thought. I mean, I. Yeah, other than the, the little witticisms between Al and him, and just the 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 very descriptive wording for where where they were at, it, it, it I felt like I was in the area of, of where they were at, in the middle of the desert and everything, and in, in yeah. the middle of the. I drank a lot of water while I was reading this. Book. Yeah. <laughs> I sat next to the air conditioning at one point because I'm like, oh god. But he's working on it. It's too hot. Just very evocative of <laughs> yeah. like a hot, sweltering yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. At one point, when they were traveling through the desert, you're talking about like their tongues and everything. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, Bonnie, I'm just like chugging the water, like, oh god, <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel my tongue getting bigger. Yeah. Sorry, David. I didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I enjoyed the how Mr. Cussler kept. You in the dark about um, I forgot the fat guys, the researcher that knew all the secrets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About I'm like, oh man, how can you gonna tell me? <laughs> right, you're gonna man, tell me. And then, and then at the end where it said part whatever the Texas, I'm like, oh man, you just like gave the whole thing away now because <laughs> <laughs> now you know that they're gonna find it, <laughs> right? But um, yeah, other than that, that's that's all I really liked about it. It was a good book. It was easy to read. Oh, one, of, one of the scenes I, I remember that I liked was when they were going up the river in the boat and that one local guy was like he and his navy were going to stop them yeah 
and the way they just kind of casually, hey, and got in position and took out the helicopters and took out the boats and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was, was it, it was a fun scene. I thought it was great. No, what was far fetched was that they found the Pharaoh's boat in like two days. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was just such a weird scene for me. I laughed, but I don't think I was supposed to. I don't think I was supposed to be funny. It's like they the the other guys ship the other Numa ship. You know, comes yeah. over and and oh, we're here to you know take you away from this. I'm sorry to interrupt your. your we brought expedition. someone else to do it. Oh no, worries, we did it. Oh yeah. no, it's fine. We already found it. Oh, did you? Fantastic. Yeah, we found it in only two days. Oh great, that's great. Like just how, right. probably not. It's never anymore. that convenient. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I don't know how many how many ships did he did the author sixty. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. Maybe this is just Clyde Custler's life. <laughs> Maybe he leads a very charmed ship finding life. Maybe not all of them were that All 60 ships were found in one month. <laughs> no, God, no. Oh, God. This or less. Or less. <laughs> not two, because he took For a sure. nap. Yeah, right? yeah. At some point, you got to sleep. I mean. Yeah. All right. Justin, you didn't read very much. Did you want to talk about the book at all? or you just? I didn't even get through the first few pages. He, yeah. He, yeah, it's okay. All right. Things we didn't like then. But it sounds like a wonderful book. I'm you liked the movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. Justin's <laughs> like, it sounds amazing. He's like, I'm, I'm enjoying this podcast. And it's not even finished recording. <laughs> the guys you're talking about, that one part, yeah, I like that part. Well, every now and again I tell him, oh, like I come across something that stood out because it wasn't, you know, I've, I've watched the movie quite a few times and we own it. We watch it every now and again. It's been a couple yeah, but, years since we watched it. bring but, it for me. I am sorry. We left really early this morning, and I it was on my list. It just didn't make it in the bag. I apologize. I have it and the Hunger Games for you to borrow, so you can Yay. watch it because they were like the last. Co- we read those recently. The last couple books. Um, Hunger Games is always on like TBS. So you'll find it. It's, it's I know, but I, I promised letting TV. him borrow it. Ah, so um, I haven't had TV but, in probably close to ten years. You know, I'm um, yeah, especially seventy dollars a month that I'm saving. I hate that. I hate that so much. Every uh, every now and again, I'd be like, "Oh, so this is totally different from the book." So I tell him a little bit about it, but he still hasn't hasn't got a chance. <laughs> Boy, to read that guy it, Derek sounds so cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I felt a little bit like like yay oh no yay oh no yay oh no you know like <laughs> yay we're free. Just kidding. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like that guy who gets. Freed from the cage oh, the in the hunchback window, just to trip and fall into the stocks. Dang it! You know, you know that's how I felt. <laughs> a little bit. Like it was, oh, dang it. it was like you know they'd get free and then nope, and then they'd get free and then nope, and then and then of course they you know there was, I mean there was a lot more action in the book than I was I was expecting action. There's action in the movie. It is you know, yeah. but um, there was more in the book than I expected. The whole gold mine thing, totally not. In the movie, in the movie, the people that were captured had to work at Eve Massard's place. Okay, okay. And they would die there, and, and that, that's how that's there was no gold mine, so that was a whole other thing that just wasn't brought in. Um, was yeah, they, they the, could easily have, uh, yeah. In the, I like how yeah. they did that in the movie better because, because there the was whole gold mine so and, and the whole plane scene with the the kitty lady after her. Oh, uh, Kitty Maddox. Kitty Maddox, yeah. yeah. That could yeah. easily have been easily have been omitted, and, and like I like yeah, there were things there were certain, every now and again I like I was telling Justin, especially towards the beginning, 
he describes it was when we were having it was when they were actually when they were searching for some of the stuff. Uh, no, not the sarcophagus. When they're talking about all the equipment they've brought onto this, the new ship that we know is going to get blown up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know because I've seen the movie, so I know it's going to get blown up. <laughs> it did get blown up, but awesomely they did it on purpose. Um, they didn't have to pull a Panama or whatever it is they call it in the movie, which is hilarious. But anyway, um, he's talking about the equipment and how it's going to test all these things so they can find the source of the red tide. And so he's obviously he studied and he's giving us information but honestly I didn't feel that I needed to know because it still didn't make a lot of sense I'm that's not my field I didn't need quite that much information so it'd be like so he's giving us all this jargon 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 and then Dirk would say oh so it blah 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 yeah and then it ends up like why couldn't we just say this does this like some more simplified like I'm like that whole paragraph wasn't necessary because they just summed it up in their conversation back they and forth. They probably could have gotten rid of a third of the book if you just right, got like, rid was, of like, all like, the was, There were some things like that that I was like, eh, this was wordier than necessary. His, I think that's just it's his style. It's probably just his style, and yeah. that's fine. But, but you know, so just a few things like that where I felt like it wasn't necessary and it still would have been a good story. Yeah, because I kind of hurried through that since I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they're saying this, they're saying that. I don't understand a word of it. Okay, let's get on with it. <laughs> See, my right. issue was a different kind of jargon, but we'll, we'll get into that That's later. okay, that's yeah. okay. Um, it, you know, you have... I mean, some things were a little far-fetched, but I still liked them. You know, like his whole medieval contraption that he made that yeah. destroyed the tanks... That was hilarious. Would it have worked? <laughs> no. No, probably, probably not. not. I haven't studied trebuchets and things as much as, say, my brother-in-law or my husband or some of our friends have, but uh, I doubt it would have been that. You know, he wasn't completely accurate, maybe. I don't know. You mean you don't have a trebuchet in your backyard? I don't. Everybody does these days. <laughs> I got one of them. My uncle does. Yeah, right? <laughs> See? Um, I gave Brian a book on how to build them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you guys have been going to make your own pumpkin chunkin trebuchets and yeah. catapults for yeah. years now. It hasn't happened. That book is buried still. Um, but anyway, you know, so there's there's things that were were far fetched. I felt like you know, well, we just escaped. Why are we back here? You know, like like I get, you know, like why couldn't the why couldn't the raid have gone well and not been caught when they went to the gold mines. Was it really necessary that, that they have to now go across the desert and hide in the fort and have this big thing? Why couldn't we just fly in, save everybody, shut the gold mine down, and then go get everybody else? Did it have to become this whole full-out war thing for it to be good? No, I don't think it did need to be full-out war. But Especially by that point, that they already had a million adventures. Yes, like, exactly, yeah, exactly. But that doesn't mean that the fight at the fort wasn't Good. I mean, you know, they almost all died, so it was, you know, way more like, oh my gosh, we're going to kill off everybody. This is terrible, you know. Yay, Al and the other guy get back, they make it back. You know, there's a funny line, well, let's get the Wabash Cannonball going or whatever, and they come back on the train, and they had a helicopter on the train, and it's great, and they win, yay. But it was like, what? Far-fetched. Like, really? Like, like, I felt like there was more than was necessary, but I still enjoyed the book. Yeah. All right. Um, there's one scene that I probably didn't like, but I have a feeling it's the same scene Maylene didn't like and that she's going to talk about it. So go ahead. Well, I don't know. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to give you the chance to. If you don't, I'll bring it back. Okay. Yeah. If I don't, I'll bring it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel under pressure to bring up whatever the scene is. It's okay. Um, I had a couple of big issues. One is that, like Bonnie said, I feel like 
there was just so much going on in the book. Like, so many storylines, I felt. It felt like an episode of 24. Yeah, it just felt... Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It just <laughs> felt like, okay, we're going to have him searching for this bow, and then, oh, he has to solve this red tie thing, and, oh, my gosh, there's this, you know, pre... You know, the Civil War ship, and then there's, you know, this airplane, and all... It just yeah. felt like a lot for one book. It felt it like was. each... Thing could have been its own adventure. Not that it, it was fairly hectic, yeah. But it was yeah. kind of like it felt like there were ten books in one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I could see that. As far as just the amount of adventures they went through, mm-hmm. again, not making it, but just I felt like there was a lot, and they probably could have cut a couple of plot lines to mm-hmm. make it or to smoother, smoother. Yeah, you know. And like I, I said, it was just I think it's his writing. He likes to yeah. add probably a little bit of background to almost yeah. everything. Right. And, and I haven't read any because he's books. done those kinds of well, things. Well, and yeah. it's not the yeah. background that I have a problem with, just the amount of adventure. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. do you need to have six different storylines yeah. going on? Right. Know, it was like, like, well, we compared him to Indiana Jones. It's like yeah. if you combine some of the movies together and you had multiple yeah. searches going on, you yeah. know? Yeah. We're searching for the Holy Grail and the tomb, yeah. or the, the, I mean, the, 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 it's the just temple felt, or whatever, you know. It just felt a little that, heavy you know. on the amount of things they were trying to accomplish yeah. in this book. It's Which I kind of felt like if they had just focused on maybe two or three of the adventures, okay, right. it would be a lot smoother. Yeah. Each of them adds a lot of like colorful locales right. to the book. Yeah. It does. But it's it a does. lot to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing that I really had a big problem with, I know everyone else kind of seemed to like it, was I felt like the Civil War ship was completely unnecessary to everything. I mean,. I understood why the Kitty Maddox thing was in there or whatever, because it set up them finding the plane, which saved their lives, which, okay, cool, yeah. they picked up that thread just fine. Yeah, but what was the, the Texas for? Yeah, I right. really don't Now, know. if they had done the movie, movie. version, uh-huh. where they found the Texas and managed to rig the old cannons to fire. Yeah, if they had done that, okay, that would have made more sense, because they yeah. found out it was near the fort, Yeah, and they were throwing grenades just kind of... And they yeah. missed, and they hit the the side of a dune, and it uncovered. Yeah, oh. and they ended up going into that, you know. And they they used the ship's cannon to take out the tanks. The, it wasn't uh, a tank; it was uh, a big plane or something, and oh, they took so it out. If they had done helicopter, and they took if it out. They had so that would have made I would yeah, more cool. sense in the plot. The, the ship came into play. Awesome, yeah. sweet. But I just felt like it was completely unnecessary. And the whole oh Abraham Lincoln was yeah. that was just that was, oh my god like okay I'm, I'm all for all. some ridiculousness but that was that was just over so the top. over the top it was, it was like, over the top you really? can tell he likes a good conspiracy theory oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but like okay I, I'm all for conspiracy theory too because sometimes it can be fun sometimes it can be hilarious sometimes it can make you think even if you don't believe it right but at the same time I just felt like it was completely unnecessary did not add anything to the plot at all. Like, right? Oh, Abraham Lincoln. This fact saved our life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so when Perlmutter goes to the ASD, the Archival Safekeeping Depository, and it says thousands of secrets are buried away there, and it says, you know, some things that are you know only some people know or classified material. And it talks about you know the bones of Emilia Earhart and Fred Noonan and the Japanese records of their execution in Saipan. Like it's conspiracy theory of both Kennedy assassinations. The intelligence of Soviet sabotage behind American space rocket, the shuttle accidents, and the, um, the retaliation of at Chernobyl, 
the stage films of the Apollo moon landing hoax and much, much more. I'm like, oh yeah, he's totally a conspiracy theorist. Right there. Again, don't get me wrong, I love me a good conspiracy theory. Whether or not you believe him, it's just fun to listen to him. I just didn't really like the part where they were Yeah, I just felt like it didn't add anything to the book. I felt like that was one of the areas where it was really stretching. Or if, okay, if you want to make a story about that conspiracy, like I said, make it its own story. Yeah. Make yeah, that yeah. the it didn't need to be thrown into yeah. this book. I get Make an entire book just about that one Abraham Lincoln didn't really die when people if that's what you want to, you know, make your conspiracy on, that in itself could be its own book. Maybe that, they find his stovepipe hat in the in the <laughs> ship, you know? In the <laughs> desert. <laughs> they found Maybe. his whole corpse in the desert. Which yeah. yeah. I thought was like, eh, no, the, yeah. that body at least would have oh, yeah. been strewn around. Exactly. You would never even have been able to tell it was him. But, I mean, but I his just... His beard is intact. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Whatever. Something. The thing's over 100 year, 150 years old. <laughs> famous old. beard in my history. Hair, my Santa hair Claus. out, and I'm alive. I can't imagine how <laughs> my hair is going to be there. <laughs> right. But, you know, I just... That, that was one of my two biggest concerns. Specifically, the Abraham Lincoln plot line. And mm-hmm. I feel like you just do it and I just say, hey, listen to this really cool conspiracy theory that I have that, you know... <laughs> It would yeah. be really awesome if it were true. Nudge, nudge, you know. <laughs> and it's like I just feel like it. It like like you guys said. At least if it the ship added to the storyline, like they used the cannons. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, I can get behind that. And, right. But no, I get what you're saying. No, I just it was. But the finding of the ship and all of that, the last two chapters of the book was almost like an afterthought. Yeah. After all the main kind of like he that. set it up. Exactly. Kind of like he set it up to be important, and then he forgot about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I gotta, let me throw this in there, because I set it up in the beginning of the book, and I don't want to waste that opening. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, I like, that's why I like the movie version of it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... So, but those, yeah, like I said, those were my two main concerns and dislikes for the book. A couple other little dislikes here and there, but nothing really worth mentioning overall. Like, you know, things okay. that were, man, I don't like them, but they're not really worth bringing up. So, fair enough. Did I comment on? No, I really thought you were going to say. They're in the middle of what's about to be a war zone. They're, she's barely, barely been rehydrated. And they're going to have sex in the bunker with all these other people around? That's ridiculous! <laughs> Here we are! It's a James Bond scene! It wasn't necessary! <laughs> that was one of the least unrealistic like parts of the whole book. <laughs> right? There are some times where you can really tell this book was written by a dude. I know! <laughs> I'm well, that's not necessary. Yeah. It was not necessary. <laughs> that's what I expected you to yeah, be yeah. like, as the fellow woman in this thing. What?! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But at least in the movie they waited until the, then the Bay in Monterey. Okay, yeah. they did. Uh, okay. But she wasn't in a cast, so they got to roll around in the sand. <laughs> you know, it's the end of the movie. <laughs> They're rolling around in the waves. Yeah. It pulls back and shows that he has the car and credits. Yay! That was fine. That's a good final moment. I like. <laughs> it that. was a good final moment. <laughs> but kind of hard to do when you're, you know, left side all messed up. Well, he should have been more healthy <laughs> by then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was mine. Good. Things you didn't like, Doug. I don't know. I enjoyed the Lincoln part. Did you? You liked it? But I, I enjoy. I enjoyed Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer too. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, that was least, fun. That was a lot of fun. At least that was its own story. Like I had no problem with that story. But. Yeah, it did feel like it was thrown in a little bit. I get, I get what you're saying. Um, although I liked what it had to say about the whole 
He's so worried, Pulmotor or whatever, is worried that the country is going to be, they're not going to accept this, you can't let this make this known, and then instead, instead the whole nation embraces it and it becomes this neat thing. Like, I was like, okay, I like that you see this version of yay America, but again, at the same time, you know, this was written pre-9-11, so who knows uh, now how the country would take it. Our country that, yeah. was a different place back then. Yeah, it really was. So it may not fit for now, but I, I could see I could see both sides of the Abraham Lincoln thing. Me, it was like, eh, okay, I don't know. Well, you know, I see both sides. Um, yeah, interring him in the Lincoln Memorial. And, yeah, like, you know, and nobody that even... totally made sense. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I think, one of the reasons maybe why it disappointed me so much was in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's going to be Abraham Lincoln. Like, I, I yeah. could feel, oh, yeah. like, oh, this is going to be exciting. Like, what's yeah. he got to do with the story? I don't know. And how did, he, how did he find his way out of it to whatever? And <laughs> why? How did he too until... They and then what he just died? Dang it. Head. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. He died. I thought he was gonna have more. I just uh, and yeah. I was like, okay, well And I'm going, wow, that's pretty neat. They used Abraham Lincoln to get out of the blockade. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, we like, expected him to smart. survive and get back somehow. Exactly. Not die in the middle of the desert. And then it wasn't even the real Abraham Lincoln that died it got, that got a sad I just thought the whole that whole thing was, was <laughs> yeah. cool. So. Yeah. Good so go ahead. go ahead, Wayne. Sorry, Dad. But like I said, I see both sides. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's a a fun thing to talk about. I like to see, you know. Yeah. Um, He does tend to do his research and then show it off. A little bit. A little bit. This is everything I know about this topic. Let me put it in my book. Yeah. Well, it may not be everything that he knows about the topic. Sometimes you just need to know about it. So, without telling your your audience, there's things you need to know about your characters and things in the series, in, in, a, in a situation that you don't actually have to tell your audience, but you, as the author, need to know them. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know, yeah. So you know, uh, and the, those bogged a little bit, but I don't really have any any major gripes. With the story, I enjoyed it. Oh, okay, Lewis. I feel like this book, at at times, not all the time, but at times, suffers from what a lot of books suffer from in terms of like adventurous topics, like like guns and ships and armor and stuff. Like one part in particular, in the very beginning of the book, it's page twelve on mine. Uh, the Union dual turreted monitor Onondaga, eleven inches of armor on her turrets, five and a half inches on her hull, and mounting two powerful fifteen-inch Dahlgren smoothbores and two hundred and fifty-pounder Parrot rifles. I don't know what the, what did I read? It's about <laughs> guns, I assume. Guns yeah, and cannons and stuff. Their life was a four-inch or six-inch cannon. Exactly. You have the background knowledge yeah. to know that. I, not having grown up with. And stuff the, and like the, this, and the the inch is the is the barrel hole. See, I could kind of infer that, but I don't have the inherent background yeah. knowledge to know exactly how intimidating that is, or how much trouble people are in it on the other end of it. But I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not, not going to do that. Admittedly, there are times where I felt the same way. Where I'm like, this isn't like old Batman, where it says totally worth a Google. You pause the video <laughs> you, you, you rented, and you Google all of those. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a huge issue, but it, it, it made me pause every time something like that happened and go, okay, so this is, I assume, something bad. That's it. Like, that's and what I got. And the of someone talking, and you go, 
I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah I, I understood that. So I, I could see what you're talking about. Like, if I didn't know what it was, right. I... But you I, do. And yeah, Justin, who yeah. hasn't read that part, probably really would have enjoyed that because he's done a lot of study on... Okay. Things like that. I like how you didn't necessarily get a, like some of the scientific yeah, part of it. That's why I went, oh, hey, hurry see, up and get through See, that shit I kind of knew. But right. I didn't kind I of know it, like yeah. guns and armor and ironclad stuff. Yeah. It just, I, it just I, it was I, right I over my that, head. that, so that was kind yeah. of exciting for me. Yeah, so like, mm-hmm. like. So you had something for everybody. <laughs> In a yeah. way, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, it wasn't even really like a huge and problem. And it, it, <laughs> it, it did make me go. Like, it, it did. Kind, kind of take me out of it every time that happened, but that's really my only problem with the book. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't have the background knowledge to fully understand it, but I can get the sense that it's a big ass gun. Like, right? That's fine. It go boom. It go boom. <laughs> and I go. You ah. just go on your book and you know, the big ass gun big shot ass gun. in the big ass helicopter. <laughs> Yay! Or the big ass tank or whatever. Yeah. And the guy with the big ass peed his pants. <laughs> That was really my only real problem with the book. It wasn't even like a huge problem or anything. It was just, I don't know, it was just a little, little moments here and there. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? Or is there more? That's all I got. Okay. okay. That's David, you said um, you had more dislikes than likes. Let's hear it. Nose, man. <laughs> um, I did like the fact that Abraham Lincoln was. I like the beginning of the story where you didn't know where Abraham Lincoln went and they should have kept it that way. <laughs> right. And when they found him at the end I, and about the whole story about him and everything is changing history, I just thought that whole thing was... I just did not enjoy that at all. Yeah. And um, the car wouldn't have made it out into the desert like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it would have it died. The sinking of the helicopter... Mm-hmm. Eh, I just was kind of up in the air about that. The gold mine, the gold mine scene, where they, where, where was the, the the black slaver girl? She was like from Pasadena or, or Corona, California, Corona, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. And like, how did she used to be working in a correctional facility yeah. for women? Big tough woman. Like, how did someone from Corona wind up all the way in the Sahara? Yeah. <laughs> For working in a guys. slave mine yeah. for gold? And, and how come they didn't go back and get the gold for themselves? They had a gold mine there. <laughs> they had a literal gold mine. Exactly. Yeah. And, um... Well, Dave was looking for security the, the jobs gold in the Middle East. The so gold yeah. mine got... So um, in California, you know, yep. get the gold, the gold mine didn't get turned over to the government, so they were actually going Probably. to the, the, the people mm-hmm. or whatever, like the country itself, mm-hmm. I think. But I like... I like the the movie version of the fight at the facility better than the book. Yeah. Because in the movie, Pitt was fighting that that big warrior on top of the mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of the, the solar collector. That wasn't even in the book at all. No, it wasn't. That was a good <laughs> one. I did like that one. And I was just disappointed because there's al- there's always the big bad guy that you have to beat, and here it was just yeah. a big battle, and they managed to win. Well, you know what was interesting I actually liked about the battle was the fact that General Kazim, for all his viciousness and everything, had never been in war. No. He just using intimidation. So he, he, oh, yeah, yeah. He's sending his guys back in, and, they're, you know, he doesn't actually have a good strategy because nope. he doesn't know anything about war. So part of the reason these well-trained people who were few beat this big group of people 
down so much was because they had poor leaders mm-hmm. and they didn't right. have any experience. And I, I thought that I actually, you know, appreciate the fact that Kasim, I mean, he, and then he just bailed, like he showed his true yeah. colors and to everybody, you know, and it's all about appearance. You, you, yeah. get, you get that sense with him the very first time you see him. He's in that very sharp, like yeah. cutting edge suit with like, look at me, how cool I yeah, am. Yeah, like he, he removes mm-hmm. like an imagined speck of dust from his right. clothing. It's like great. that's how he is. Yeah. He, wants to, he wants to put forth an image that he is not. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, I, I liked I liked that um, aspect of it. I did like that scene where um, Assad, where they were you know getting ready to put him out in the sun, and he had that look of "How dare you be brutal to me?" The way I've been brutal to all these people, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, because he was actually almost worse than Kasim, really, yeah. you know. And um, he was a, a billionaire who was used to getting his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't anybody stand up to him? He was just not not used to that. Um, one thing though that I. Uh, you're talking about that fight at the end and stuff and, and in the movie they blow up the place yeah well no he goes to blow up the place they stop him from blowing up the place that's right but it never says what happens because he was going to blow up Massard was going to blow it up and make it look like an accident or whatever yeah. but that's where that's where they got the all the uh, bombs from the, the grenades that they are trying to at the end uh, um, yeah. from there um, but um, at least in this one, we find out that they they went and they took care of the problem and they made it right in the facility. So that it's not and like they made the plant facility functional capable of doing what yeah. it, was it was made to do in the first place. Yeah. And I liked that. Whereas in the movie, we never we never find out what what happens. You know. Yeah. Um, well, there was there like was negatives in the movie. Oh, well, yeah, there were. There were, absolutely. But this is one of the few times where I actually like the movie better than the book. Which is okay. Totally okay. And, I mean, I thought it was cool that he found the car, but it's just the thought that uh, Kazim had the car in the first place, Mm -hmm. and you knew it was tied into Pitt collecting old classic cars, I knew immediately that he was going to get that car from the right. very beginning. Right. Well, he gets it in the movie, too, so for me I already knew, too, because he gets it in the movie, but yeah. Uh, in fact, they actually used, in this one they used the car as an escape, in the movie they used the car as a decoy because didn't the general own two or something like that? No, I think only had you only one. Added owned one. In the movie, there's a whole interaction with the, the some of the native Tuaregs where they actually help them, help each other out, kind of a thing. And the Tuaregs had stolen the car from the general, and they they do, even Massard's people, that's how they get into his facility at one point, is they dress one guy up, one of the Tuaregs up, as the general, and they drive him in. (laughs) That's the general's car. General's the only one who owns this car. They've seen it before. And he drives in, and that's how they get past security to go save the people that are trapped underground in the see that's that's a lot you know, better. Huh. Wait, that's that's part of the movie plot that's not in the in the book here. In fact, they don't get to really interact with any of the people here, except the you know, the ones in the gold mine, which we don't mm-hmm. get names or faces to. There, yeah. the gold mine, the people who were native of the country were all like um, criminals, you know, that were there. So you know, in this one, there was like a whole group of people that they they helped. You know, work with that we I enjoyed in the movie, and we never met in the book. They were all just from the movie. Then again, we didn't meet, meet Clive Cussler, aka the kid. 
in the movie. He was only in the book, so there's that. I love how he's like, how'd you get the nickname, kid? <laughs> the kid's back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, that's about yeah. it. Okay. Anybody final thoughts? Final thoughts anything that they... Yes, no? I think they should make a good movie about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they should. You know, you know what would be really good as Dr. Ava Rojas? Penelope Cruz. I could really see her playing that part. Yeah. <laughs> the blonde chick, yeah. Yeah, right? No, yeah, she shouldn't have been blonde. He just wanted a blonde girl because, you know. Well, to be fair, Matthew McConaughey isn't necessarily who I think of when I think of Pitt. No, that's look. true. Like, that's true. Like, he's, he's, he's younger. Very, he's younger, yeah. very tan, bright green eyes, I think, is yeah. how they describe it in the book. Yeah, something like and that. They, I just didn't really and like the guy who played Al Dirt Pitt, it reminded smaller. me, like, every time I think about Dirt Pitt, I was thinking about Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, my gosh, I thought about that at yeah. one point. I, I, I go, why is Brad Pitt in here? Someone called him Mr. Pitt, I'm like, as in Brad Pitt? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's a whole, you know, like I said, it's it's his his version of James Bond and Indiana Jones mixed yeah, together. It is, yeah. and Al he would have died in the desert. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> poor Al. We like Al. It was a fun read, though. It's a lot of fun for for a, yeah. a globe trotting adventure book. Yeah. I'll say if you you know for a, an adventure book, it is not half bad. Yeah. Um, I'd be willing to read one of the other Dick Pr- novels just. So, I think I'd start with more. number one. Just I've, you know, I, I I'd read another one or two mm-hmm. to see what you know what I think you know. Like I said, this is number eleven. I think it was number eleven. Yeah, something, some yeah. Long, something like that. Much. So there's, you know, there's more before and more after. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if any of the others have been turned into movies. I just was like, hey, I like Sahara. Hey, look, it was made uh, based on the novel by the same name. Let's look it up. Oh, this author, Clive Cussler, he's got a lot of books. Yep. He's got a good following. I'll recommend this for book club. All right. A couple years later, we read it. Yay! <laughs> it's not the Maze Runner. Woohoo! <laughs> so glad. So, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would rate this book like a 6. Okay, fair enough. I'd go higher than that. I'd probably go 7 if I yeah. had to. I was going to say, I'd put it at a 7 or 8. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. I think I'd, I'd, agree, with, I'd agree with Dave. About a 6 or a 7. Yeah, somewhere over there. So, I think averaging it I'd out, we put it at 8. You put it at eight. I put it at a seven or eight. He said straight seven. You said six or seven. And he said six. So between a six and an eight, people. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. So an average score of a seven. Seven. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a seven from the bookies. All right. Solid All right. Seven. Solid seven. Yeah. Who, uh, uh, who would like to pull? Okay, Dave. David wants to pull. All oh, right. Not that All right, David. So there's only four. Yeah, there's only four left. What are you getting? Make it good. Okay, we are reading. The Swiss Family Robinson Ooh. by Johan Weiss. Nice. Fancy. I believe you recommend that, that one. Guilty. Yes. Yeah. That was early on, too. Yeah, that, that was, was like first, first or second. Yeah. First or second. That was the fir- first, first or second. <laughs> Let me wow. take a photo of that. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Next time Swiss on Family Bucky, Robinson. Swiss Family Robinson. The Swiss Family Robinson. By Johan Weiss or Weiss. Weiss. W-Y-S-S. Okay, cool. So there you have it, people of the interwebs. That was Sierra by Clive Klesser. Klesser? Klesser. Um, and uh, next week, uh, normally these have come up. Um, uh, originally, we do this once a month. But however, um, during the uh, pandemic, uh, we were still recording. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, through Skype and Zoom and all that stuff, but I hadn't been posting because I got sidetracked. So 
I have a backlog to get through, and so these are going to be weekly for, for a couple of months. Um, the next episode is the Swiss Family Robinson. Now, this was a really fun episode, but not because of what you think. Apparently, there are multiple different versions of Swiss Family Robinson where multiply, and I'm not talking like one word's waff or whatever, like drastically different things happen in the different versions and printings of this book. And without knowing it, almost every one of us got a different version of this title. Uh, Swiss Family Robinson was one of the funnest podcasts we've ever recorded, but also one of the most confusing. Um, <laughs> so I really hope you stick around for that. Um, if you enjoy what we do here um, at the Bookies, um, please think about going to patreon.com slash destinycomics, um, you know, where you can get the Bookies podcast early, um, as well as all kinds of cool little things like hand-painted bookmarks, and, and we're going to be doing some really cool stuff over there. So I hope you would think about going over to uh, patreon.com slash destinycomics.